Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, gamer friends, and happy Halloween. May your buckets of candy be full this evening. Thank you so much for listening to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, we are three dads who are lifelong gamers, and today we will be deep diving the horror game Devour. Please make sure to rate our show five stars and leave a written review if your podcast app allows. Also, come check out our Patreon page. You can help fund the show while unlocking two bonus episodes every month. Just visit MultiplayerSquad.com to see support options. Okay, let's introduce our cast with references to the game. I am your cult leader, Paul. Joining me, he can be seen puking up spider eggs outside roommate in the inn before crawling through the tunnels in the walls. It's Josh. That surprisingly sounds accurate to the game. <laughs> you had no idea I was going to introduce you that I, way. I didn't, but I really practiced that sound all day today, just in case, Paul. <laughs> I, I believe it. That was spot on. Well done, Josh. Thanks. And uh, joining me and Josh here, he can be found roaming the halls of the asylum where he was committed, protecting the rats found in the trash cans, and shattering all the windows in his rage. It's Michael. What was the rat guy's name from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? There was a guy that always had rats oh, following him around. Michael Shredder. No, no, it wasn't. It was Splinters. a guy with a bunch of bandages and stuff. No, Splinter. he was. He was. Splinter was the rat. There was a guy that like used rats as weapons. I, maybe, maybe I'm also, going a little bit too I deep. I apologize for calling him Shredder at first. You threw me off, Michael. Because <laughs> it's I, okay. no disrespect to Splinter at all. You you throw up eggs so i'm not expecting yeah, you to true. get you're not all right in the head i'm not expecting <laughs> you to get all of this right today <laughs> man for being such a big ninja turtles fan i have no idea who you're talking about michael I'm gonna I'm look gonna it look, either. yeah we're gonna need to google this while uh keep go, while we keep rats? going on with the show rats as weapons all right uh, it's not not casey casey had the hockey nope. yeah, he did yeah i had it's, an action figure it's of him, not rocksteady or bebop so no nope, it was a really <laughs> obscure guy i'm gonna look this up so yeah. yeah it's not krang all right well you know before we jump into our deep dive here of devour we do have a little bit of housekeeping we have two new patreon supporters to thank we have two words katana who signed up with rare status <laughs> i love their name by the way <laughs> that is the best yeah. role against michael ever <laughs> I love that they just created that Patreon account just to troll Michael for what he said in that one episode. I did not even catch that, and that is brilliant. That (laughs) is great. That is like the uh, comic trolling of the week. Uh, We should we should start a thing that's just the trolling of the week, and that's the you win the trolling of the week, and it's on me, and it's hilarious. (laughs) Two words. And as far as I know, they are from Norway given the type of currency that they paid. So I love the idea that there's someone sitting on the other end of the world who is creating a Patreon account just to troll Michael. Uh, it, it couldn't be more beautiful. I really love it. <laughs> and uh, so they signed up with Rare Status. And then we also have I Camp and Kill You, who signed up with Epic Status. Woo! And we've gotten to know him a little bit in our Discord. He's been a longtime listener. He works at, at, a, at a golf course. And so we're so happy to have both of them sign up here on Patreon. Heck yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Super exciting. People that support the show mean the world to us and to the basic listeners, because we always said this show would not exist without the support of the listeners. So if you are listening, thank you, I camp and kill you, and two words, 
Katana. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you stop it. Um, by the way, is yeah. it's it's one word, three syllables. There is no two in katana at all. I so think it's perfect. I, I I remember my thought process at the time, and I think I had another word in front of that or something, and it just didn't come out of my mouth. Uh, but what is about to come out of my mouth, just because everyone's curious, the Rat King did exist. His name is the Rat King. I was like, it's the uh. Rat King guy, and he was defeated by Leonardo. His actual name is Doctor Victor Falco. And he's a very short part of the show, I think maybe only exists in the cartoon. But there you go. He's called the Rat King. And he would like, they knew he was around because there'd be rats everywhere. That's it. A little bit of uh, the more you know. (laughs) There you go. All right. And Josh, you've got a couple of reviews people have left the show. We have the reviews have been pouring in. So again, thank you to everybody that is leaving a review is listening to the show. Um, But as we do, we always pull out a couple of these to just read and uh, we're going to get started. This first one comes in from the Reaper God and it's titled The Best. And it says, I'm a senior in high school, and this podcast is one of the only things I listen to when I'm doing my work. This is the only gaming podcast that I generally like. The hosts are funny and or the hosts are always funny and give the best opinions on the games they review. I have been listening to them since the Rocket League episode. 10 out of 10 recommend to anybody that's into gaming. That's awesome. Ooh, thank you, the Reaper yeah, God. That's a long time. I'm a big because- Overwatch fan. Uh, well, and our Rocket League episode was an early one too, so long time listener there. Uh, so back thank when you. we really sucked, yeah, I mean <laughs> we've come it, a long way. Dude, the fact that people listen to the early episodes and stick and around, around is is really yeah. that's telling, man. So I don't know. Uh, now all of my early episodes are gold, so I don't know what you guys yeah. are talking about. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with the fact the format was already set; right? and it was yeah. already had a flow. And Paul gives us these outlines that I just follow that sometimes say. Talk a little bit less. This is for you, Butler. No, really, I mean it. Subsection paragraph one, two. Talk still seriously a little bit less. Oh, shoot, I did it again. Oh, goodness. Uh, And then this next one comes in from the Red Sea, and it's titled, Finally, the gaming podcast I've been looking for. Yes. And it says, as a lover of games and podcasts alike, it was only natural of me to want to find a video game podcast. I tried out so many and even got into one or two, but they all failed to hook me. Then I found this show. I listened to the deep dive episode about cyberpunk. That night, I did two things. I re-downloaded cyberpunk and I downloaded a bunch of episodes of this show and binged them over the next three or four days. The different perspectives and tastes, the humor, the chemistry, the family-friendly style, it all comes together to create one of the absolute absolute best podcast on the internet you should definitely check this one out if you're a gamer or just a fan of great podcasts you won't regret it <sighs> p.s waffles are better than pancakes signed the red no, they're sea not. <laughs> thank you the red sea welcome to team sanity uh, our arms are wide open come come join you'll be embraced and, and we welcome you here what what a great what a great couple of reviews, Josh. I love when you share these. Yeah. Well, again, if you haven't left the review for the show yet and you've been a listener, it's it is one of the best ways to do your part to help the show out is to just take a few seconds, leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can just rate us five stars there and tell a friend. That's honestly the best ways to help out. How is the Red Sea spelled, by the way? Is it red it's letter the C? Red, it's the red and then letter C. Okay, so there's a Cardinals fan. That's what I'm just going to put it in that camp. Thank you, Red Sea. Yeah. I thought maybe it was like the Red Sea, like, you know, parted by Moses, but, yeah, you know, the, who, who knows? The continental divide between like Africa and Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we are all done with our housekeeping. I think we're ready to start the ritual, guys. Ooh. Let's deep dive, devour. Okay, before we start this deep dive, I do want to give a very brief content warning. You know, our show is always family-friendly, and the gameplay of Devour does involve some, like, darker content than what we normally cover. There are things like demon summonings gone wrong. The game does dabble in some light-to-moderate animal sacrifice territory. Uh, we know a lot of parents listen to the show while they have their kids around, so this one may or may not be something that you want them to hear just kind of wanted to give that here in the very beginning. But in any case, we always like to start out here by reading a description of the game on Steam. Devour is a co-op horror survival game for one to four players. Stop possessed cultists before they drag you to hell. Run, scream, hide. Just don't get caught. All right, so Michael, can you tell the people why it is that we're deep diving Devour today? 
I sure can. So we have a little thing here that uh, if you support our show on Patreon and you go with the legendary level, you get to pick whatever game you want for us to play. And this is exactly what happened here. We have a very, very special Patreon member who's also a very active member in our Discord, which, by the way, join that for free whenever you want. It's awesome. Very talkative people named Dr. Catatonic who is incredible, and he went legendary a few months back and asked us to hold off on this episode until Halloween because he wanted a spooky-type game, and he gave us like a list of like four or five games to choose from and devours where we landed, and that's what we did, and we never looked back uh, because if we looked back, there was a vomiting egg spider chasing us anyway, so we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Cat gave us a list of like four games, and Devour, I just thought, sounded the coolest, and so I copied and pasted the list to you guys, said... I'm thinking maybe we just covered Devour, and you guys were like, all right, let's just go with that. So we knew nothing about this game going into it, and it fits perfectly releasing right on Halloween. If you like games that give you jump scares, games that have a very creepy atmosphere, the ones that get your heart rushing while you're you know running around lost in these ridiculously built buildings, uh, I think this game might be right up your, your alley. So, Josh, let's talk a little bit about the very first time that we played this game. Because you and I were able to hop on. Uh, Michael was busy the first evening. You and I intentionally did not read anything. We knew nothing about the gameplay. We did not read any instructions. We just launched the game, started on the farmhouse with just the two of us on normal difficulty. You want to walk us through exactly what happened that first night? Oh, man, a bunch of nonsense happened. <laughs> um, I, we, to, to be fair, I saw about 20 seconds worth of gameplay footage on this game before we actually hopped in. And that was only because as we were purchasing it from Steam, it plays gameplay. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that is all I saw. Like, we did zero research ahead of time on this other than we knew it was a co-op horror multiplayer game. And I think that's probably why we landed on Devour over some of the others. But you and I hopped in and we knew absolutely nothing. So this was actually kind of fun in the sense that it was like, I don't know what we're getting into. Like, what kind of yeah. game is this? What are we supposed to do? And so we start walking around. We're finding hay on the ground. We're trying to get into this house. It's locked. We wander around to the backyard. And there is this cage filled with demonic baby goats. Did you see that weird goat? He had devil eyes. <laughs> I hope he's gone. Oh, yeah. And, and this, is, this is the first time where I went, I think I'm going to like this game. <laughs> Goats had these scary, creepy, like red glowing eyes. They got devil and, eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck are we supposed to do with these goats, man? And you were like, I don't know, man. So we, uh, yeah, we just kind of fumbled around. We, we were finding cans of gasoline and hay, and we eventually found a key. We set the goats. We opened up the cage for the goats. They go rampaging into the house and then scatter. We're like, oh, hey, we can get into the house now. We are looking around. We're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do. We're reading scary notes of lore and stuff like that. We we go upstairs, and at the end of the hallway is creepy, creepy lady. And that's where you and I both kind of stopped, and we went, uh, okay, all right, I, I get what this game's going to be. And then, of course, the lights go out, she disappears, and then my adrenaline starts pumping because I'm like, it's on now. <laughs> I think you dared me to walk near her because I was yeah. like, hey, Josh, look down the hallway. And you're like, yeah, why don't you go check it out? And we uh, these matches in Devour, you play just like a single match at a time, and they're supposed to take, I think, about 40 minutes each. Yeah. I think we played that first match for about two hours, Josh, because <laughs> we did not know what to do. We didn't know what to do with the hay. We didn't know what to do with the gas. We didn't know what these goats were doing. We could hear them make noise, and then... I feel like we just kept wandering around this house for the first hour until we finally figured out what to do. I actually, I need to do that more often, to be honest, because the the thrill of discovery is actually kind of nice. You know what I mean? In that regard. So sometimes not knowing exactly what you're doing and kind of figuring that out. Now, if you're doing it solo, maybe it wasn't as fun. But the fact that you and I were playing it together and going like, okay, Paul, like I found this. There's a health pack. I'm sure we're going to need that for something. The first time that you died was pretty hilarious, you know, as far as that goes. And so I I think I need to like jump into games blind a little bit more often sometimes because it was actually enjoyable to try to figure out what we were supposed to do. The first time that Paul died, was that during the dare or no? 
No, it was later. So she didn't get you. Okay. No, not not right away. So, yeah, just to explain (laughs) a little bit of this gameplay loop, basically what has happened is you start off the mission, and within the game of Devour, there's like this cult, and they are trying to bring the demon Azazel. They're trying to summon him into the world. And with each of these levels, someone has tried to summon him, but the ritual has gone wrong. And so they are now possessed, and all the other cultists are showing up, and they're trying to now destroy these totems. That way they can stop the summoning ritual, I guess, and then, like, exercise the demon. And so, in the very first one being the farmhouse, Josh and I finally realized what we were supposed to do. Once you unleash these demonic goats that start running around this house, we finally realized, okay, if I grab hay and then throw it on the ground near one of the goats, the goats will slowly start eating the hay, and then I can pick up the goat, (laughs) and then there is a section of the map out back where you can put the goat into, like a, I guess, like a big dish or like some kind of like like a giant sacrificial bowl. Yeah. Yeah, and then you pour in the gasoline and light the goat on fire. And uh, it's uh, very sad, too, because it dies. It is sad. You know, the goat dies, but clearly this is not your average goat. It's a devil goat. Yeah, devil eyes. And in the farmhouse, Anna is the one who was trying to summon Azazel and is the creepy lady. And she doesn't like it when you start sacrificing these goats. Now, maybe I'm confused. I might have it wrong. But aren't we trying to complete the ritual and she is trying to stop us from completing it? I, I think we're I, trying to exercise the demon yeah, by getting I, rid of is the that, summoning Is that what totems. we're doing? Okay, why I are think we cultists so. then? Are we cultists I, that have turned a leaf and then gone like, hey, we don't want to summon Azazel? Oh, that's a good point. No, we are cultists. We got those yeah. crazy robes and everything. Um, I think we're completing the ritual and the people that were there have messed up and then went, I need to stop you from doing that. Regardless, Paul just wowed me with explaining this game because here's what I would have said with the Paul part, just now explain the game. Scary stuff happens. You got to try and stop <laughs> stuff by burning demon goats and just run away. There you go. I just gave you the synopsis of every part of this game. Run away, scary stuff, goats, demon goats. That That's definitely the case. So yeah. when you play this game, everything's out to kill you. You are running away from the main boss. And then also at the same time, you will see little pentagrams form on the walls or on the floor. And then these demons will start crawling out. And the only thing that you have in this game that you start out with is a flashlight. And so in in that regard, you might compare it to something like Phasmophobia being another scary game where all you have is like this flashlight. And if you right click your mouse button, then you shoot UV rays which apparently kill demons. I, I didn't know this. This is handy information to know. Yes. Um, just yeah. shoot, shoot some of that UV into these demons' faces, and they will kind of like disintegrate into ashes. And over the course of the game, you have to destroy the 10 totems. And the more totems you destroy, the faster and the more angry the boss gets to where by the end of the game, if you do not very quickly beat it, the boss is going to be running around constantly downing everybody in this game. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about like how that works when you get downed and how you can get rescued? Fun tidbit. Demons hate raves, by the way, because of the black lights. Yeah. Also, um, I watched <laughs> safest all, like, place to go in a demon invasion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's and I've watched like all thirty-seven seasons of Supernatural. I never saw the Winchester boys like stopping demons with the ultraviolet lights. So I don't. I don't know where this game came from with this idea. So the boss is, I mean, that's kind of the main thing with the the stages in this game is that there is always a boss monster that is roaming the stage. And these stages are not very big. You know, I mean, they're, they're, you kind of know where the monster is almost at all times. Josh, if you're Paul, they're very big. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, because they, they get Paul all the time. I am completely a magnet. lost. Yeah. 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 Paul, Paul is also Paul, lost. Paul has clear. Oh, and Paul, we learned this is the best thing. Paul yeah. has no sense of direction in a video game. No. Nope. Like, none at all. We're in a, we'll, we'll explain the maps here in a little bit, but we're in a map that has one end and another end, and that's it. And every single time Paul would come out of a building and go, I don't know where I am, guys. I yep. don't know where I am. And I'm like, here's, Paul, you're here, right here's, down there. Here's the thing. If they just had a little compass or an arrow pointing north, I would have zero problem navigating that, this game. The problem is when you are in a map 
And I, I swear you guys are playing on higher brightness than I am. I swear. <laughs> I cannot see more than four inches in front of my guy at any time in this game. And when I exit a building and all I see is a black screen and I'm like, okay, well, I know that to get to the church uh, in the town, I got to go all the way to the end and turn left. But I don't know if it's the end this way or the end that way. And I always just have to do a 50-50 guess, run in one direction. If it's the right one, great. If it's wrong, I got to turn around and go the other way. You have to admit, these maps are intentionally built other than maybe the town. The others are built to be as confusing as possible. This farmhouse, this is not an open floor plan layout where you can see these are very long twisting hallways and corridors. It is a three-story farmhouse. It is very easy to get turned around and not know exactly where you're at. I didn't have too much of a problem. Did you, Michael? Did you have any hard times getting around these maps? Really, I didn't at all. I mean, the first time that I found a direction, I was like, I know. Only the very first time I played, I couldn't find the stairs that went down to the sacrificial room. And then I got it. It was pretty easy. But the first time that I noticed Paul had no sense of direction was in the town, which literally is an old west town with one road. Five or six buildings on each side. It's like, do you look left or right? There's a well on that side, so I know that's north, <laughs> at least north in my mind. I'm going to go south, because south I, is the other way. I want you guys to send me a screenshot of what your game looks like, because I'm I telling will. you, it's got to be brighter than mine, because I, I could not see anything in this game. I want default on the brightness, but it's crazy. There's a settings in there, isn't there, where you can change that, or no? Is there not? I don't know. No idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, every, every game's got so, a brightness setting. I'm sure so, it's in there. So trolling Poor Paul, Paul aside, the bosses are really the, the kind of main uh, scary thing for the level. This is where the, the, like, the tension and the, the horror element comes into play. So as you go through these levels and you are doing whatever the mission is, and the missions do change, although the gameplay loop kind of stays the same, the bosses start off very timid. In fact, they're non-aggro in the very beginning of the game. As you start to gather these ritual components and you start to sacrifice or complete the ritual, or I don't know, I'm still a little confused whether we're completing a ritual or trying to interrupt the ritual here. Um, But as you progress, you start to anger the boss. And as you anger the boss, the boss will start to rampage around the level. And boy, do you know when that boss is rampaging. Like the game does a very good job of saying like, "Uh uh-oh, we just did something that really ticked this thing off. Now it's rampaging around. Everybody run, uh, try to hide, just get away, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where a lot of the horror elements come from. And let me tell you, if the boss catches you, I I screamed every single time. Paul, yep. who doesn't normally get into these types of games, I even heard Paul kind of jump once or twice with the the when the when he got caught by the boss as well. So that's a lot of the tension, the horror, the scary part of this game. The thing for me is I don't get sucked into games if it's just a spooky atmosphere. That doesn't scare me. That's not going to do anything for me. I always think it's kind of silly, which is why I would always just kind of run around talking to the ghosts and phasmophobia. What gets me (laughs) is very loud noises out of nowhere, especially when I'm wearing headphones. So when the boss catches you in this game, there it's it's like your flashlight will start to blink when you're kind of near the boss and you can hear the boss you know you you hear them moving around or you hear their boots hitting the ground with the spurs or whatever it might be whichever level you're on and so you can tell when they're nearby but then when they start rampaging they start yelling and then if you're within line of sight you'll hear a heartbeat and then they start chasing you and you can turn and you can run But sometimes the boss will start rampaging or you might round a corner directly into the boss and then they'll immediately kill you without any indication. So if you round a corner and the game immediately blasts into your headphones, the jump scare, this game even calls them jump scares. Yeah. I, I yelled a lot the first (laughs) night, Josh, because it, I mean, once I kind of got used to it, then I was kind of ready. It was almost like I had to calibrate for it. But yeah, be careful. Don't have your volume on too high and devour, or you're going to blow your ears out. 
Yeah, you know. it, it legit. The first jump scare got a swear, got a swear word out of me at the end of the map. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I did actually that, hear Michael. Uh, Michael did yeah. actually swear. It's one yeah. of the few times I've ever heard him actually swear. But yeah. <laughs> and then he apologized profusely after that. He was like, I'm really sorry, guys. It just scared me really bad. Yeah, I was, like, I was not expecting that. That being said, that word should not even be a swear word. It's like yeah. the entry level swear word. But still, it was funny. It was like, ah. Oh, and then just like, oh, I'm really sorry, guys. But yeah, you know, it's scary. It's like, and it, it gets you like it jumps on your screen and it shows the evil looking whatever it is. Like, as you're just going along and it's like any jump scare you see on like YouTube when someone's like, hey, press this button, watch this girl make a soup. And then all of a sudden, like, ah, this banshee comes out of nowhere. It's exactly like that. Like any yes. jump scare somebody sent you on YouTube and you clicked on it and weren't expecting that to happen. That's this whole entire game. Yeah, that's I, I feel like that's exactly how they went about creating this game was just how do we take the random banshee screaming in YouTube videos and make a whole game out of it? It'll be 45 minute matches and that's going to happen 20 times over the course of the <laughs> game where it's going to grab someone. And whenever we played, I tended to draw the most attention. I was going to say 20 times total. 10 of that was Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there were a couple matches where I told you guys, I'm like, the stat sheet's going to look so bad at the end of this match. And sure enough, it would be like Paul downed nine times, <laughs> Michael downed four times, Josh downed twice. And that's like, I was always like 70% of the downs would somehow end up being me. Yeah, the Banshee Queen wanted herself a little, little Paul time. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> All right, so you know, I, I, it didn't take too long for us to figure out the format. Josh, I think the first night we might have just tried once, maybe, and I think the second night we beat the farmhouse pretty handily. I think that's actually when we jumped on with Doctor Catatonic. Yeah, we were able to play with him a couple times. But the one thing that was neat was just as you get closer to the end of the ritual completing, the boss is just a hundred times faster and a hundred times scarier than in the beginning. And since we didn't look up any strategy or anything on how to beat this, that was part of the fun. Like we realized, okay, especially once you get to seven or more of the, of the uh, goat demons killed, then that's when she really gets scary. So let's try to burn these goats in, in, in batches. And so yeah. we were trying to have all three of us in, in that case, holding a goat and let's sacrifice them back to back to back and then so we would try to get to seven done out of the 10 and have eight, nine and 10 in hand ready to go, because especially once you get to nine, you really can't do anything in this game. People are going to get down every 10 seconds. You're going to run out of health packs. There's not very much you can do at that point. The strategy on this is very important, and that's why it's I, I could not imagine playing this game alone. But Paul mentioned like the boss, aka the boss, whatever, you know, like we'll do air quotes on that, goes a lot faster and is doing that rampage. But also there's like little side enemies the whole time, like trash mobs, I guess you could call them, that you have to kill with the UV lights. And they're like everywhere once you get to seven or eight of your objectives done. And so there's it's it's chaos at the end. So you do want to have a good strategy and you definitely do want to probably be in voice with your friends. I could say that. Like, I could jump into a match with strangers if I wanted to. I don't know if I'd want to unless we were all in the same Discord because you really, it's definitely better if you communicate. I can say that. Now, a couple of features on this game. It does have in-game proximity chat that you can use. And people say that actually helps heighten oh. it because if you're not near somebody, you can't hear them. So if you, you know, you can be yelling and saying, help, help, but you can't, you know, so that does add a little bit of the kind of atmosphere to the game. But you get these ritual items, you're finding batteries for your flashlight because your UV light is your only weapon in this game and the battery drains very, very quickly and recharges very slowly. And so the trash mobs that are in every level also start to increase in number as the level progresses. And so part of the difficulty isn't only the boss, it's managing your flashlight. Oh, yeah. At the same time. And so that creates a lot of difficulty and hardship as well. And then ultimately, you're avoiding the boss. People will get captured. They, You're able to go and resurrect them using a health pack. But it's almost like a race against the clock as you get closer to that 10 out of 10 objective. And it's hard, man. We oh. failed many, many a time in this game. Well, we're about halfway through the episode. I think that covers a good amount of the farmhouse. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and break down the other maps and do the rest of our segments. So we'll be back after this short break. 
If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so we covered the farmhouse. You got to sacrifice your 10 goats, and then you can finish that map. The other map that was available at release, along with the farmhouse, was the Asylum. And the Asylum is basically the exact same gameplay loop, but it's a very different setting. And instead of killing goats, now you get to kill rats. Uh, PETA, I do not think, would endorse this game at all. <laughs> it requires a lot of animal sacrifice, apparently. But what stands out to you guys when you think about the Asylum level? Um, the electrocuting of the rats. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about frying rats. Yeah. How, how, how does that work yeah. in the asylum? Oh, so every every boss has like its trigger point. Um, apparently in the farmhouse she loves goats. In the asylum, this lady like fell. She was crazy, but she fell in love with the rats that lived in the asylum. And so the way to anger her is you find these rats, you take them down to the basement where the the lady was actually, I guess, undergoing like shock therapy or something yeah and so you plop this rat on this electric table and you pull the breaker and you fry this rat to smithereens basically they explode yeah and then the lady goes like (laughs) then she comes rampaging rampaging. yeah (laughs) she's evil are we actually electrocuting rats is that what we're doing guys We already burned the devil goats, so let's just keep going with this, right? Let's take it one step further. Next level, we're burning, blowing up rats. I think the asylum, the the craziest part about the asylum for me is it reminded me of a labyrinth. Because it's like, it's there's like five total levels, like as far as like stairs going up to like the first story. There's like, what I think there's two basement levels there, isn't there? There's like a sub basement in one of the basements, and then there's, there's like three levels. There's like the hospital morgue type area that's downstairs, but then there's the downstairs, downstairs, which is where the electric table rat sacrifice place is, too. So I think the coolest thing about the asylum to me was I think it was once we had destroyed seven rats. That was when she went in like full carry mode, like in the movie and the great hall, which is like the main part of the asylum, all the windows burst out and there's wind howling and she's screaming and rampaging. And that was a really, really cool moment. I think out of all the maps and everything that I saw in the game, that was my singular favorite moment was like the telekinetic shattering of all the windows that that was that was really neat. Each map actually does something similar to kind of say, hey, you've you've gotten to the point where it's it's going to get real hard real fast. But that part was the neatest because it really just kind of made sense. And you felt like that anger from the boss happening. Like you said, all the wind starts blowing through the house, the all the glass shatters. It, it was a neat moment for sure. I just, while we're talking about this, I think about this level and I think, man, we are just bad people. We break into this house. We start causing mayhem, kicking over a bunch of trash cans, right? Then we start stealing these rats and blowing them up. Of course the owner's going to get upset at us and go full carry mode. Like, we are vandals. 
this is just mean we're also we're, cultists who yeah. serve a demon so yeah I we're definitely right. not the good guys i in guess that regard. you're right okay <laughs> we deserved our death I, and we yeah. did die too i don't think we beat that one i think that's the one we didn't beat right uh it's also the one we tried the fewest times yeah, yeah was the asylum that's because it was a labyrinth yeah it. yeah it really was <laughs> Uh, I think that about covers everything for the Asylum. The next map here is the town, and I think this is the first one that you played, right, Michael? No, I played the Asylum no, the first. Asylum was oh, first the Asylum was first with Michael. Was first yeah. with Michael. Uh, I guess I just remember the town, because I feel like we played it like eight times in a row over the course of two nights. So the town is a little bit different. This one, the main big bad boss, is a sheriff who walks around town. And the cool thing about the sheriff is you can hear the spurs. You hear every step as he goes through the town, and he also has a revolver. So whereas in the other maps, the only way that you can get downed is if they actually physically grab you, Sam, the sheriff, can actually shoot you with the revolver, which slows you down. And if you get shot too many times, then you get downed. But that's one of the neat things about the town level. I think that about the town level, first of all, I'll say this is my favorite level. Probably because I think this is a good starter level because it's the easiest as far as the map to understand. And I think the game developers did a really smart thing by adding the revolver because the map is not confusing in this one. You make one stroll down the street, make a mental note of what's on the right side, left side. It's the same stuff you'd find in any Old West town. There's a bank. There's a pub. There's a place where you can buy weapons. There's a place where you can buy clothes. There's a church. There's a hospital. Things like that, right? They're all there. Very easy to make a mental note. And you're like, okay, this map's not that hard, actually. And then Sam, the sheriff, the undead spooky sheriff with, like, these, like, leshen things coming out of the back. I totally got a Witcher vibe from that, by the way, with, the like, the, the sticks coming out of the back. I think they're bones, but he looks kind of like a leshen from the Witcher. And he's just shooting his revolver at you. And I'm like, that's good because the map was a little bit easy, but that made it really kind of hard. And so uh, the other thing about Sam that I love the most is when he starts rampaging, he literally just starts boom, 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 boom from one building to the other across the street. And you're like, I got to get to that side and I'm not going that way right now. You can tell he weighs a lot. Like they did a very good job of like making him feel like meaty almost. The gun aspect was really neat because I'm pretty sure the first time he ever shot somebody, it was Paul. (laughs) And it was funny because none of the other monsters have weapons. They just catch you. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, oh, man, look at that boss. And then, like, he kind of slowly turns and looks at Paul. And Paul's like, oh, yeah, he's not aggroing. And then we just hear, like, a gunshot. Yeah. And Paul's like, he shot me. (laughs) And we're like, wait, wait, he's got a gun? (laughs) It's like, yep. You shot me. Okay, moving on. You shot me right in the arm. Why did now, have we talked about the fact that there you can stun the boss for a second? Oh, yeah, um, that's right. So, you know, we talk about how the bosses rampage around, and all is not lost, even though all is really going to be lost. Um, but if the boss is rampaging, you can shine your flashlight, the UV flashlight, at the boss, and it will kind of slow it down for a minute. If you have a fully charged flashlight early on, uh, it's enough to stun the boss, and then you can make a you can make a break for it. Now the boss only stays stunned for I don't know three seconds maybe, um, and then you cannot stun them again because what happens is they become like enraged after that, and then UV light does nothing to them at that point. So part of the strategy is stun the boss. If you have friends, the more flashlights that are on it, the faster it gets stunned. And then you just hightail it anywhere you can and hope that it eats one of your friends before the boss eats you. Uh, and then the last of the four levels. Uh, so, Michael, your favorite was the town. My favorite is the last one, which is the inn. And this is the one that has the spider eggs that were mentioned earlier. I think most people think that this is the creepiest boss out of the bunch. Yes. Uh, yeah, because it is. The the cultist that's now possessed has become like a a spider boss. And so they crawl along the ground. There are holes in the walls where they will crawl in and then they will teleport to another area of the map. And every once in a while, they will stand up in their full human form and vomit out these dirty eggs. And you have to take these eggs to a pool where you have to pour chlorine into the pool and then you can douse the egg in the pool, which then cleanses it. And then your egg will have a symbol and you have to find the right altar. You run to the altar with the matching symbol and then you can offer the egg there and you have to do that 10 times. And you can kind of tell 
that the farmhouse and the asylum are very simple and straightforward. The town and the inn are where the game starts to get a little bit more complex, which I actually really appreciated. When we were playing the inn, I was actually writing notes as we were playing. And so we would say like, okay, room eight has the skull altar and I would jot it down. Uh, the Ouroboros is in the downstairs end of the hallway, and we would jot that down, and then we were kind of keeping track, which I think also added to the strategy where we were dousing these eggs and then dropping them by the right altar, and then we would split up, try to do them all at once. And I, I thought that the inn was the most fun, at least in my opinion. I'm with you, actually. The town was a neat map, and I liked the atmosphere of the town, but for me, the inn was the most strategic map. Um, we never beat the inn, and we tried that one a lot. Um, I, I feel that. like it is really the we never beat it. We no, got we to didn't. nine so many times. I don't yep. remember every time. It. Yeah, we I got. Think, we, I think we played it with the three of us like five times, and, and we, we played got it to with Doctor Catatonic a couple yep. times as well. Um, but yeah, we came very the we Michael mentioned it. We were nine out of ten of the eggs, and I was burning the last egg and had a spider that was chewing on me. And tried to just get the egg burned before the spider killed me. And the spider killed me about a half second before the egg was done being burned. So we never beat that stage, despite trying many, many times. But I'm with you, Paul. It was my favorite. I like the strategy aspect of it. I liked the boss. The spiders were kind of more scary than ghosts and the little demon things crawling across and stuff like that as well. I would just like to say... There is nothing okay with this map. Yeah. Nothing at all. You've got a spider queen who pukes the eggs that you go pick up and you just wash them off with bleach. There's spiders everywhere. When you die, you've got to crawl out of a spider hole and find like this one that's not covered with spider web and find your way back to the realm of the living, but you're still dead. And not to mention, this one added an aspect that particularly pissed me off, which is towards the end, like once you have five or six eggs, they start blocking passageways with spider webs that you now have to use the UV rays on to get by. And a hundred percent of the time, I hit them for like three seconds and I think they're gone because I see it burn. But no, part of it's still there and you have to back up and burn it again. Thank you, game devs. I hate you. There's nothing okay with this level. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just love the fact that you can see the increasing difficulty. I don't know if they have plans to release more maps, but I would imagine they'll keep making them more complex. All right, well, there are a couple last things we need to cover before we jump into our um, you know, community reviews and things of that nature. There are eight playable characters in the game. A couple you have to unlock after you do certain achievements. And all the characters start out by wearing plain robes and have a black flashlight. The game does give you the ability to buy cosmetics, so you can change their clothing outfit or you can change the look of their flashlight, and I'll give all of our listeners a a chance to guess which of the three of us actually spent money on cosmetics here. Because <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't Josh. Uh, Loot box. There's Michael. a baker outfit. I gotta have it. Uh, are you ever gonna play Devour again, Michael? I don't. Maybe. I doubt it. it. Maybe. <laughs> I really want to beat the spider level. Like I really do. Like I just want to beat that level. I'll con you guys into it sometime. Got yeah. the baker's outfit waiting for you. Um, and then also in this game, as far as progression goes, you do level up. So once you earn a certain amount of XP, you will level and it gives you a ritual token and tokens can be spent on perks in the in-game store. Now you can unlock a whole bunch of perks, but you can only equip one at a time. All of them either cost one, three or five tokens each. Were there any perks in particular that you guys thought were more interesting than the others? Just one. Just one that was good, and it's a 50% fast to revive your friends when they're dead. That was it. And just real fast on the leveling that Paul just mentioned, um, you don't level in each map. You kind of level progressively. Like, if you beat two maps, you get to level two, things like that. So it's it progresses. Your character is permanently that you know level as you play multiple maps. But yeah, I like the 50% revive because when you've got two friends down, if it's just the three of us and I'm the only person running around with this, this med kit, like, it is very nice to just get you up quickly. That was the only one that I really found useful. It's also the only one I bought. Yeah, the Mm. perks are expensive. You have to play a lot to unlock the perks. Um, You can get one, like, coin perks. um, Three, that's where I feel like they start to get valuable. I never actually unlocked a five relic tier perk or whatever. It's hard to save that one. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, And we didn't know that you could only have one perk at a time either. 
So right. I think that would have changed things if if we had known. I probably would have saved up for the five, uh, the like the level five one or whatever it was. But at level three, we found. I think we died more often than not because our flashlight ran out of UV charge, and we just got swarmed by the trash mobs, or we couldn't stun the boss at that point. So, Paul, I know you and I both went with a perk that allowed your flashlight to recharge 50% faster, which was noticeable and definitely very helpful. And and there's a couple other perks that are uh, kind of like helpful, but sort of boring. One of them is called Speedy, and it just gives you a 7% boost to your speed at all times. So, you know, they have some perks like that. Uh, now, in terms of difficulty, I wanted to ask you guys, did you feel like the game was too easy, too hard, just right? What'd you think? It's too hard. You think it's too hard? I, I, I Like, we are lifelong seasoned gamers, and we came up with some very sound strategy. I actually really enjoyed that part where we sat down and we said, okay, this is the farmhouse. Let's stockpile everything we need to stockpile on the back porch so everybody knows where everything is. Or this is the inn. Let's pre-cleanse the eggs. We'll put them by the altars where they go so that we can then go and just try to hit them. So like, we, we used our brains on these. And I felt like there was very little chance of us actually winning this. Um, and we we didn't. I mean, we played the in level, what, eight times and never actually beat it. And that's with sound strategy, good gamers with four people, and we still couldn't beat it. I feel like it's just a little bit too tough. And I don't say that very often. I disagree. I think it was just right. I think the fact that we were able to really beat all the other maps pretty easily and this one still gave us this really hard challenge kept us trying to play it. Like we kept throwing ourselves at that one. And I think that's kind of the point of that specific map being more difficult is that it's almost like it levels up. Like it's like Mario. Mario World 1.1 is a cinch. Mario World 8.4 is terrible. And I think that's kind of what it was. That being said, like it would have been nice to beat it once and come back to it. So maybe like 20% easier. But overall, I kind of think the fact that we got so close each time. I think if we had just altered the strategy just a little bit, we'd have found something that really worked a little bit better. But I did love the way that we were all like, like I had an idea one time. Josh had a great idea. Paul had a great idea. We're like, hey, what if we try this? Okay, let's try that. Oh, that worked a little bit better. Let's combine those two strategies. That was great too. But overall, I think the difficulty was about what it needed to be because we were able to easily, easily go through a couple levels and a couple levels gave us big challenges. Yeah, I thought it was pretty spot on. When you win, it definitely feels like an achievement. And since there's only four levels, I kind of felt maybe they thought if you beat the four levels once, maybe you would quit. And so to get you to keep coming back, they had to have a couple harder levels. But this is definitely not a walk in the park. It's definitely a difficult game for sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to community reviews. Josh, you've got a couple to read here for us that other gamers have left Devour. I do indeed. We always uh, go to reviews that people have left on a game so that you can hear other opinions besides just ours and kind of get an idea of what other people think about these games. Um, And we always pull these from Steam when available. And I always find two recommended and two not recommended. So this first one is recommended. They have 17 hours on record. And it says, really good game. Like, for the price point, you cannot find another game quite as fun as this one. It's horror, it's co-op, and it's scary. Multiple maps to choose and play. The stories and soundtracks to each map are slapping. When you get caught, you will know it because it doesn't matter how good of a gaming chair you have, you'll be halfway out of it from jumping in fear. I will say off the rip that sometimes you will wait for players to join for upwards of 10 minutes if you're doing a public lobby. However, there are pages of lobbies to join if you don't want to create one yourself. But overall, no complaints. They constantly keep up with updating it and maintenance. Do yourself a favor and grab it before they jump the price up. It's totally worth it. Hours of fun with friends or randoms. I give it a 10 out of 10. And the price is something that should be mentioned. This is a $5 game. So yeah, it's as, very cheap. Yeah. As yeah. of yeah. it's funny because the <laughs> Halloween sale is going on right now, so it's actually three ninety nine as wow. of the, the the day that we're recording this. And I would imagine probably on Halloween when people are listening to it, it's probably still on sale. So yeah. 
All right. Um, this next one, not recommended, 4.6 hours on record. And it says, at first, the game is pretty decent, but after a short time, you start to see its flaws. Bosses seem to know exactly where you are, and hiding does nothing to stop them from finding you. If you want to spend the majority of your time downed or reviving someone that is downed, this game is for you. The most challenging part of this game for me was how long my patience could last. The jump scares were initially good, but after a couple matches, they became predictable. The reward system isn't very rewarding either. If you want to try it i'd say buy it but when it's really cheap like a dollar that way if you surpass two hours you won't feel cheated (laughs) when five dollars is too much for a game (laughs) i will say the one thing with this review is they mentioned the reviving and later on in a level part of the challenge is just keeping people alive because the boss is going to catch people and kill people And you kind of need the numbers to just to, to stand yeah. a chance at that point. It was way better when we played with four than three on the survivability because it's one more person. And in fact, we actually use that as a strategy. Like one time, I forget which one of you guys, it might have been Paul, was burning the demon goat. And I'm like, I'm going to stand here in between you and the altar and like the rest of the map. So if they come, it's going to get me and you can complete the task. Like that was a strategy was if the boss is rampaging because you've completed seven or eight tasks. And we know it's not going to stop rampaging. It's going to find someone and kill them. You almost have to use it as a strategy to make someone expendable. Yeah. All right. And then this uh, this next one is recommended. Uh, nine hours on record. And it says, in all honesty, it's a fun game to play with friends. Some real scares. However, the demon chasing you, even in the easiest mode, is five times faster than you when you sacrifice enough items. The demon minions are overwhelming and you end up running out of battery charge, causing you to die. The demon as well is not really clever. If you stand on a balcony in the town, you'll he- you'll see him running from point A to point B over and over again. First few runs are fun, of course, and therefore worth the money. And a few plays later, it gets repetitive and you'll find yourself deleting the game uh, stop whining the game's hard <laughs> i mean it was a recommended review i think they were just trying to point out some okay, of the flaws okay. there um all right and then this last one is not recommended 7.7 hours on record and it says you can get around in the game for the first three or so rounds but then the main bad will chase you at light speed can break through hiding spots if there are any and can't be stopped or delayed until they catch you fun game if they fixed any of these things but they haven't yeah, I don't Stop know. Stop whining. The game's hard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's what the reviews come down to, but uh, I, I don't know that it's anything that needs to be fixed. It is just a nature of the game. I don't know. It's a $5 game, it's very cheap. You got to kind of grade it on a curve. You're not paying AAA prices. You're not going to get 100 maps that are all perfectly balanced. You know, th- this game is what it is. It, 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 if you've listened to this episode, you have a perfect picture of how this game operates. It's going to be for some people and they're going to absolutely love it. And other people are just going to hate it. They're going to think it's repetitive. Um, I think all the reviews you read there, Josh, I think all of them are like really fair in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, guys, that is a little bit of what the community thinks. And now it's time for us to play a little game that we play where we try to guess the overall steam rating on this game. Um, and then the winner gets a very special prize, which is introducing the next segment. So on the steam scale of zero to 100, uh, where do you guys think this falls? I'm going to give it a 74. Okay. 74. I feel like that's a very conservative score because I don't, I think there's a lot of people that are, that are not going to like the rep, rep, repetitive, repetitiveness. We got there, guys. Thank you. Look, <laughs> I saw both of you just patiently waiting on this video for me to get through that word. Uh, don't ask me to say it again. It's repetitive. Um, I think a lot of people will be concerned about that and frustrated by it. And I think a lot of people are going to be like me and just be like, it's a $5 game and you had fun. So upvote it. I think it's going to be higher than the 70s. I'm going to say 82%. 82 for Paul. I went 84% actually. It's funny because my initial thought was legitimately 74%. And then I went, and then I, and then I went, nah, I think it's a little bit better than that. And so it's funny because I just upped my thing 10%. Um, The actual user rating on Steam of overall rating, which means all reviews, is 92%. Holy cow. Rated as a very positive on Steam with 92% overall. I think, is it 94 or 93 where it gets into overwhelmingly positive? 
it might be 94 or 95. Yeah. I think the reason why this game is going to be in the 90s is that if you watch eight seconds of footage, you're going to know whether or not you want to buy it. I think and if that's you're gonna, exactly it. If you're going to hate this game, you're never going to buy it to begin with. This game, there's no depth to this game. It It is exactly what you see in a short YouTube clip. And everyone who bought this game probably knew they were going to love it. Or they were forced to buy it because they had a legendary supporter. And anyone else who wouldn't like this game just never bought it to begin with. Yep. All right. That means I get to introduce the next segment, Paul. Let's you get let's, it, Josh. Let's get everybody in the mood here. Hit that music. <laughs> hey, Anna. You want to go out for some euros and have some fried goat? <laughs> isn't that what euro is goat yeah, no, it's lamb it's well, lamb sure. it's lamb isn't it well close enough goat lamb it's like whatever. hot dog sure. whatever you else can, they put it in you yeah. have some goat stew yeah there you exactly go. it's delicious so and anna me and anna are going so without you two since i'm the winner guys <laughs> nah, that's right. you can take her have her so in this in this part of the show this is where we actually give our ratings for the game it's uh it's something we call make love marry or murder uh, if we think a game is just one of the best of the best and should be played by everybody, we will likely marry it. If uh, if we think a game is fun, worth your time, but hey, maybe it's not going to really be something you play long term, we might marry it. If we think it's a, hey, stay away, this isn't worth the money or your time, that would likely be a murder at that point. Um, since I won, I guess I'll just go first. Um, this is a make love for me, man. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed playing it. Now I don't know if it's listening to Paul scream or or realizing <laughs> that Paul has no sense of direction whatsoever. I don't know if it's listening to Michael jump out of his chair, you know, or get or Swearing. you know or say a cuss word that I've never heard him say before, you know, or something like that. I had I did have fun. Am I going to play this game again? Probably not. But for five dollars, I feel like I absolutely had five dollars worth of fun out of this game. I think, Paul, you you hit the nail on the head. If you watch some footage and you go, yep, I think I'll like that, I think you'll like it. If you watch some footage and you go, no way, it's probably not worth the five bucks to you. But if you like that stuff, I think it is well worth it at that point. So for me, it's a make love, man. I had a good time. I had a very hard time with this one. And I'll just volunteer to go next, I guess. Um, I had a really hard... This was harder than I thought because it's a $5 game. And I, everything that Josh just said, add that to my statement right now. It was fun. I had a blast playing this game with you guys. And so, like, it was actually for a little bit kind of in merry contention because for $5, we got six or seven hours of really fun time together, which to me is like everybody can have that. I mean, it's frustrating, but it's fun. That's the point of a game. But then I started thinking about the pitfalls of this game, and it, it brought it down a little bit, being that every level really is kind of the same formula. It's go get the keys, go get the intermediate object, whether it be the hay to lure the goats, the old dish to lure the rats, and then go do whatever the objective is, which is like burn the goat, burn the egg, you know, uh, explode the rat, which was hilarious and fun. It's all the same formula, and so it does kind of get repetitive. And so I, I kind of compared it to an escape room, like in real life if any of you guys have ever been to an escape room no two escape rooms are ever the same they have like it's it's one room you're in but the puzzles are wildly different i feel like the devs in this game could have maybe altered the formula just a little bit more in each of the levels to make it so that we're not doing the same thing like i think i i think that once we figure out our strategy we basically use the same exact strategy ultimately in every single level and so there wasn't that variance there so for that it's a make love the caveat statement there being is it's a higher than usual make love because the price of the game is great for what you're getting wow a high make love for michael i i did not expect that for me, this is absolutely a murder. I hate this game. Oh, I am so <laughs> sorry, Dr. Cat. I'm not Kat. surprised. <laughs> I hate games like this. This game I found to be frustrating on a lot of counts. First of all, finding the keys in stage one is 10 minutes of just running around, splitting up, trying to find all the keys. It's a waste of the first 10 minutes of every match where you're just finding keys and stalking all of your hay on the back por- uh, back porch or wherever you're putting your stuff. The first 10 minutes is like organization. I did not find that part to be fun. And then the last couple rounds where you've already gotten, you know, seven or eight of the totems, 
I found that to be frustrating because you're just chain resing people the whole time. There's a short bit in the middle that I found a little more enjoyable where the boss is difficult, but not impossible to evade. And I feel like in these 40 to 60 minute matches, I was enjoying maybe six minutes out of it. The rest I just found to be too boring or just not fun. Um, but like I said, this is certainly not a game I would have ever bought. I, if I had looked this up on YouTube before picking Devour, there's not a chance I would have ever bought this apart from the podcast. This one's a very easy murder. I will never play it again. Uh, it's already deleted from my computer. I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> it is funny because I think we were playing with Dr. Catatonic, and at one point he even said, Paul, I'm sorry, I know you probably hate this game because it's really dark. <laughs> yep, you yeah, know, yeah. and so it was like, I kind of figured that was going to be your take on it, which that, is fair. I, I mean, it's a fair take at the same time. I was surprised. I thought that at least just having a blast with two or three of his pals would have put it into make love territory, but I was wrong. Paul doesn't actually like us, and he likes us a little bit more than he likes this video game. <laughs> I would have way rather <laughs> played something fun with you guys. Every single time that we were done playing, I was like, I'm so glad we're done. There was even one night when you two were both... Where where I kind of pinged you guys, and I was like, are we playing Devour one last time? And you were both kind of waffling. And even I was like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was like, I think we should do one more <laughs> night for the podcast. And the whole time, I, I just, I hated every second of it. I was like, I want to get out of this game. I want to play anything else, but we got to do it for the pod. All right. Well, we've got one last segment, guys. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. Okay, if you are new to the show, we have an overall leaderboard, which you can see on our website at MultiplayerPodcast.com. It's right there on our homepage. Just got to scroll down a little bit. And we take every game that we have ever done a deep dive episode, and as a three-man consensus, we have to agree where this game ranks against all the other deep dives. So a lot of times when people say, do you have any games you would recommend? We generally say, go check out our leaderboard. Anything in the top 10 to 15 are games that we think are like masterpieces that are really good. We really highly recommend. And we've also got a couple games all the way down in the 70s or 80s. We've got some stuff down here like Left 4 Dead 2, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Overcooked 2, Battlefield 2042, down all the way at the bottom. So looking at our leaderboard here, since we've got a high make love, a regular make love, and a murder... Uh, I guess we're looking at something maybe halfway to two-thirds down the list. I, I got a spot in mind, actually. I, why don't you give your spot? No, I've got, you raised I've got, your hand, Michael. I want to hear your thoughts on this So first. here's here's what I'm walking through on this, is I'm looking at the midsection, like the guts of our list, like from 20 to like 53, um, just because that's what's fitting on my monitor right now. And that's where I'm looking. And I'm looking at games kind of like this, like where, hey, you play it with a couple of your friends, you play it for six to seven hours, and several pop out real fast. For instance, at 32, you have Deep Rock Galactic, also wildly repetitive, probably needs to come down on the leaderboard a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, I look at Broforce, very similar you play a lot of things. I'd rather play Broforce than this game, to be honest with you. Among Us, very similar. You play it for several hours with a few of your friends. It's not fun by yourself. I would rather play Among Us. And then I go way down to 46. It keep talking and nobody explodes. And I'm like, man, maybe I was wrong with the high make love because I'd rather play keep talking and nobody explodes when you're looking at these similar type games. So I put it somewhere right behind 46, to be honest, which is, I guess, mid make love territory. But I think that's kind of where I'm starting. I think you can make love to a game and it's still not ranked super high on the leaderboard. Like, I do I think just, that there's high make love. Yeah, I mean. But it's but that, that that takes price and stuff into consideration too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the leaderboard, we're just saying which game would you rather play? You know, like in that regard. Um I'm actually lower than you, Michael. Uh, it, it for me, what's funny, even though I like this game, I I mean I have to compare it to Phasmophobia as another very similar type cooperative horror game. And I actually find Phasmophobia to be scarier. Like, Phasmophobia freaks me out, man, because you don't know what's happening. Like, in this game, you know what's happening. You know the boss is after you. You know you're about to get jump scared. And while it 
definitely makes me scream, I find like phasmophobia is more actually like scary to me. And so if I compare the two, I go I'd rather play phasmophobia than devour, but devour's kind of the same, so I'd actually put it at like 63. Yeah, I was going to say I feel like you have to compare it to phasmophobia, which we have at 62. I agree that I'd rather play phasmophobia. I think it's more interesting. I think the creepiness of phasmophobia is is more entertaining to play than the jump scares of devour. Uh, I know I'm the lowest on the bunch, but when I look at this list, I would absolutely have it in the 70s, maybe even as low as 80, if it were me. I would have this probably in our bottom five. I I can't put this behind Sea of Thieves and feel good about myself. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, when when I said when I said put it behind forty six, I didn't mean it needs to be at forty six or forty seven. I mean it Somewhere can't be below. above that. It's yeah. got to be below that. So I am fine with sixties, low fifties. I look at like the quarry. Would I rather play this or the quarry? I'd rather have fun with Paul who hates a game, but he's yeah. playing it with me than to play the quarry. Again. <laughs> I would too. And the quarry. The quarry. I think yeah. is the closest I've ever come to a murder. Or did I murder that game? You did no, murder, murder the game. It's your one That's, murder. That was yeah, my yeah. one murder. Um, and so I'm like, you know, I'd like to put it above the quarry. But I mean, I think that 63 is actually kind of a good spot because you guys said phantasmophobia is better. <laughs> but <laughs> Fa- we all think that we... <laughs> fanta- two words. <laughs> no T. <tea. laughs> um, right. Whatever. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'm fine putting it at, at 63. So it'll be behind Cuphead, It Takes Two, and Phasmophobia. And we'll have it ahead of the quarry, Monster Hunter World, and Payday 2. Are you cool with that, Josh? I feel I feel like that's a really good spot for it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, that works for me. We can clock that in there. And it, you can definitely see a little bit of my influence here in the leaderboard, as much as I hate horror games, because in the bottom, we've got GTFO, Phasmophobia, we've got the forest the quarry the quarry is a horror game the quarry yeah these oh, are yeah, all like horror games and they're all at the bottom yeah <laughs> i just i also, don't like these kinds of games if anybody's ever played phantasmophobia let me know how it is <laughs> <laughs> hey Very you know what they nice. need to do they need to combine devour and the action sequence like the actual like part of that and phasmophobia because the one feeling of phasmophobia was always like i want to get rid of the ghost like, I don't want to just figure out what the ghost is. I want to figure out what it is, and then I want to hunt that ghost. And you're too slow. Yeah. Right. You're yes. too slow in yeah, Phasmophobia. You- Devour lets you sprint. And even though you're not, like, running super fast, it doesn't feel like you're running right. around with bricks glued yeah. to your shoes like in Phasmophobia. Yeah, somebody needs to combine the two, and then, man, that'd be a really good overall horror game. And here's some hashtag truth for you as well. We already came up with a name for that combined game, and it's Phantasmophobia. <laughs> I was seeing the future. I'm a soothsayer, gentlemen. I am a soothsayer. The Ides of March are coming. I'm still going to murder it. Yeah. (laughs) It's got no chance. It's still a horror game. Paul's out. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up this deep dive of Devour. We will be back on Thursday for an episode of This Week in Gaming. And then for our next deep dive, we are going to be releasing that two weeks from today on November 14th. That will actually be Gotham Knights, which we have all just started playing. And as a reminder to everyone out there, please come support us on Patreon at MultiplayerSquad.com and come toss us a follow on social media at Instagram and Twitter at MultiplayerPod. And we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and helping support the show. We'll see you all on Thursday. Happy gaming. Cheers, all. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>